when I have openings on my team, it's much easier to find great talent because I'm out there posting, sharing, so people know a bit about who I am and what I represent. And so for companies and leaders who are scared that their employees are on LinkedIn, game over. Everyone should be on LinkedIn. And I remember when we were at Unilever, part of my job was I was getting people upskilled on LinkedIn, our top 200 leaders. Get your profile pic, what's your about section? Because guess what, we all need to be talent scouts. So Anita, you have a job open on your team. Yeah, talk to recruiting, but get on LinkedIn and post it. Who do you know? Who's in your network? And so I think that we, it's a war for talent and we just have to flip the script. I'm an ambassador of my company. Fierce Lab is a podcast series for women. It's powered by the Tara Wilson Agency, the agency that gets women. It's a space to focus on our whole selves, from mental health to career development to financial intelligence. To be fierce is to be confident, capable, and strong. Fierce Lab offers inspiration, tools, and community. It's where we can explore new ideas and encourage discovery. Here, trying something new is celebrated. No one has it all figured out, but together, we can step fiercely into what's next. Today, I'm speaking with Mita Malik. Mita is a top LinkedIn voice of 2020. She's also a thought leader in the diversity, inclusion, and equity space. We're talking all about how she has used LinkedIn to create community, raise her professional profile, and become a thought leader in her field. She gives us great tips and advice on how we can do the same for ourselves. I can't wait to hear what you think about this episode. Drop us a DM over on Instagram, at Fierce Lab, or shoot me a note over on LinkedIn. You can find me at Tara Metters Wilson. Welcome, Mita. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad we can get together today and chat. We are going to talk all things about building community and specifically using LinkedIn to create your personal brand voice and how a woman might go about doing that and the benefits of having a brand voice on LinkedIn. I love it. Let's get started. Okay. So what does it mean to be named a top LinkedIn voice? What does that mean? I actually had no idea that recognition existed. My husband always joked with me that I wasted too much time on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my choice of media platform. I'm really not on a ton of other platforms. And I was contacted by LinkedIn, gosh, eight months ago. I don't really remember when, but they said that I had been nominated and sent me a form, which I sort of thought was a joke. I was like, this is strange. Like, what is this? And I filled it out and I was awarded the recognition. And from what I understand, it is people who are putting out thought leadership, who are engaging, who are supportive of others. And as my friend Callie says, LinkedIn is a platform of generosity. And so how are you embodying? Yeah. And how are you embodying that? And so that's my understanding of what the the top voice is, but also they're looking at algorithms, they're looking at followership, they're looking at what sort of content you're putting out. So I think it's a a combination, Uh I understand, of all of those things. So let's talk about 
how you do engage on LinkedIn. So what are some of the things that you're doing? I mean, what has gotten you noticed? I'll speak from what I say about you. You end up in my news feed on LinkedIn as one of the first people that I see every morning when I log in, and I'm seeing what you're posting. So from an observer, that's what I have, that engagement with you. Tell me what you're doing on the other side of that equation. I am putting out thought leadership with authenticity and purpose of the things that matter to me and the things that I'm learning about. That's really what I think about. And I've joked with you about this, Tara, Tara, you know my kids. Jay, who's eight going on 18, and Priya, who's six going on 16. And I have not read a book and I don't know how long unless it's Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone, or Peppa Pig. I'm not reading a lot of books. And I'm reading a lot of short form content. And so I read a lot of articles and I'm just engaging. And my system is pretty simple. People ask me if I have a content calendar. I'm like, a content what? No, I just save my articles in my notes. Save the articles I'm reading in my notes on my phone. It works for me. And I post four to five times a week. Every morning, you'll see me post pretty early before 7 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, because that's before the chaos erupts in my home. And I don't know if that's the right time, but that's, and I know actually LinkedIn will probably tell me that's not the right time, but I do it for what fits my schedule. And so I am just posting content through the lens of like what I'm thinking about and what I'm learning and like, what can I teach somebody? See, and that's what I love. And that's one of the things I wanted to get to, because it's not like you are not writing long form type blog posts. The content that you share is your take on other content that you're digesting and your your view as a DNI leader, your view as a mother, your view as a woman who has a professional career outside the home, and you're sharing your thoughts and points of view. And I think that's a really interesting distinction to make because I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I have to be, quote unquote, an expert to write on LinkedIn. You're shaking your head no. Yeah. And I love, as you know, I love writing. I do write a lot of long form, but that's personal therapy for me. You don't have to write really long blog posts to get engagement on LinkedIn. And actually, if you're starting and trying, that's probably not the best way to do it. And so you can be an observer. Like I like to say, I like to think of myself as a journalist and I'm summarizing pieces I've read because the reality is people won't ever have time to actually read the article that I'm citing, that I put in comments, but that I'm giving a summary. An example I wanted to share was something I read last night and this was just incredible. The inclusive brand to bring the perfect nude shoe to everyone. Rebecca Allen set out to create a brand that made black and brown women the target customer base, not an afterthought. How I started it was to say, why does nude equal peach? And I thought about the importance of nude in the fashion industry, in beauty, and that nude for me has always been peach. It hasn't been brown. And so when I think about my nude shoes, they're all peach. And this is what Rebecca faced. And she did something about it. So she has her shoes now being sold at Nordstrom, which I can't wait to buy. And when I leave my house, which I will finally, but it's a nude that's, that matches my brown skin. And I just felt so seen. 
And I was like, I have to share this. This is incredible. And I've gotten so much engagement. And then people sharing other brands that are doing similar things, whether that's in pantyhose, mm-hmm. whether that's in undergarments. Well, and didn't Crayola just release an entire color collection that are all in shades of nude, so to speak? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so- I, I might have seen that because you posted about it. I know I saw it on LinkedIn. And so... Yeah, you're speaking about things that are important to you and through the lens in which you see the world. And I loved that you said that you're taking content that you're reading and you're summarizing it because not everybody has time to ingest all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So think about it from that perspective. Sometimes it's really difficult, depending where you are on the journey, to feel comfortable to say you have a point of view on something if you're learning about something or you're feeling shy or you have imposter syndrome, which I still go through. But think about summarizing and showcasing facts for people and educating them. That is one way. There's many ways we can discuss, but that's one way to think about. Let's talk about some of that. Like, What are some of the nuts and bolts for maximizing your visibility on LinkedIn? Uh, number one, please, please have an, a, a picture on LinkedIn. Mm. Please have a picture. Like a profile photo. A profile photo. Yes, a profile photo. Profile photo is a must. Fill out your about section. That is storytelling. I talk a lot about how I didn't feel included in my community as a kid growing up, but also didn't feel included in storytelling and advertising, which is why I went into the space of marketing. And people now reach out to me saying, gosh, you're about this. Your about section has so much heart in it. And I really, re, what you said to me about not being seen and not being heard really spoke to me. And then all of a sudden I have a connection. I've actually had people reach out to me asking me to do speaking engagements or be on panels because of my about section. So profile picture, have a killer about section, have a strong headline. There's so many different headlines you can be looking at. My Part of my headline says, crafting brands with purpose, which is part of what I still do. And then obviously experience, you want to fill that out. You don't need to, it's not a resume, but it's just giving people the storyline of where you've been. So you think the first thing is you want to have a really good profile. And of course, that's just doesn't happen once and it's done. You keep iterating on it, but really take a moment to fill out that profile, especially if you are seeking a new opportunity and or looking to make a switch. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you bring up some really valid points there. So let's talk about the bio section and you talking about how you made yours really personal. I think when LinkedIn first came about, People did perceive LinkedIn as where I went to go to find a job. And now LinkedIn is so much more than just finding a new job. It's about making connections, building community, finding your tribe. And so when you fill out that about section in a personal way, you're right. This isn't a job interview and it's not a resume. It's a chance for someone to get a sneak peek at who you are. So I think that's really great. And the community is a big piece of it. I know that my next job, I'm not getting off of applying to a job posting, right? And I think we've all decided that. We all know that intuitively, but how many of us are practicing it? I'm really happy in my job right now. I've been at Carta eight months. And also, we don't know what's next for anybody. And so making sure that you're showing up authentically with purpose, with the things you're interested in. You don't know, for me, I'm looking for board opportunities. So I'm sure that's led to some really interesting connections and people I've met. And so 
I think having been let go myself twice in my career, it is hard. There's a lot of pressure when you are looking for a job to find a job. And so to make sure you, you've set up all those things ahead of time and that you're constantly thinking about it. Right. And LinkedIn is a great platform to build those relationships, to create that network. And, you know, we talk a lot at Fierce Lab about career development and about risk taking. And it is my favorite platform as well. You talked about that you're only on LinkedIn. And I'm with you there. And I have made some really strong connections and developed some really wonderful relationships because of it. You being one of them, I think, you know, it would be an opportune time to talk about that. I was seeing your thought leadership and it was coming up in my feed. And I thought, this is a woman that I want to know. And so I started following you. So that that would be a tip I would give someone if they're new to LinkedIn or not as familiar with the functionalities is you can follow people and not necessarily be connected to them. So what you were talking about and doing and posting in the platform started to show up in my feed. That allowed me to, one, understand what you care about, issues you comment on, thought leadership that you're bringing to the table. And then I was looking for ways that I could contribute to your dialogue, how I could be of service and of value to you versus me thinking about what you could do for me. And then over time, I did reach out and I told you about the podcast and asked if you would, you know, want to connect. But this relationship came because of an outreach on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And it's, I'd say it's developed into a friendship as we've kept in touch over time. And I remember from my perspective, I remember seeing you liking posts. I remember seeing you engaging and commenting and then I'd engage and comment back. And so then when you reached out and said, I have this podcast, would you be on it? I was like, absolutely so flattered. And then we met for the first time pre-pandemic in New York City at Luminary. And then we've been in touch ever since. And that's happened with a number of people. And I think especially during this time where we're craving connection and community, LinkedIn is an amazing way to do it. Another tip is when you're trying to get to know people and get on their radar, especially what you did is like following someone and posting and commenting. I have had people send me messages that reference something I've written that's touched them. And that really gets my attention. And I had somebody who sent me a video to people. And I was like, this is like, I am not a video person. I'm getting but I was like, wow, this is bold. I love it. And they took a video and they said, hi, Mita. I just really loved that you were on, I was doing a, a, a seminar with the mom project. I really loved what you had to say. And I just wanted to introduce myself. And I was like, you go, this is amazing. So there's so many ways to think about how you can get someone's attention that you're trying to meet rather than just sending the blanket I think we should connect and share networks and we could add value. I can't stand those. In fact, here's a tip for anyone that's listening who is looking to at least connect with me. If you don't tell me how we know each other, you know, to just say to me, oh, I see we have some mutual connections. I'd like to connect and see if we can add value to one another. That is an automatic delete for me. I need to know who are we connected to? What's that connection? Why do you want to connect with me? What is it that you ultimately want from me? Or to your point, like, what content have I created that you've seen that you like? I'll get people that will reach out and they'll be like, oh, you've got a great podcast and I'd like to be on. And then they kind of pitch something. And it's clear 
They don't understand the four pillars of Fierce Lab that we focus on. Their content is not the content that we would cover. Listen, I have a different approach. I accept all invites as long as you have an actual profile photo. Yes, I will accept all invites because I want to have a very large community and and get to know people. My time is limited. And unless you send me something specific about something that sparked and what I wrote or spoke about, then I'll try to make time to meet. Like I really want to be helpful. But I accept but that there's there's different schools of thought. Some people are very much like, I am very much curating only the people I know. And I'm I'm like, I want to meet as many people as possible. So I'm okay with accepting any invite. And if you want to go a step further and actually have a virtual coffee connect, that might take a little bit of time. If you connect with me and then immediately try to sell me something, I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have accepted that connection, but I do it anyways. But there's two different, there's many different schools of thought on how you manage your community and connections. And I think it's whatever works for you. I appreciate that you shared that because it is a different approach from my own and my approach is not always the right approach. It's right for me, right? But not right for everyone. So what do you do when you get a ton of messages in like your message center? Because that's how do you purge those? I mean, it's similar to getting DMs on Instagram. Eventually, you just can't get through all of them. I can't keep up. I think that people who really want to get in touch with me, either through a connection, will make an, have an introduction made or find my personal email address or, or my work email address or do something that really makes them stand out. Say something that I'm like, wow, this stands out. If I am kind and I have time and you keep trying to sell me something, I will say, thanks for your interest. I'm passing at this time. Good luck. I know what it's like to be on the other end trying to sell. I did that. So I, I try to show that kindness. I don't always, it's really hard to keep up, but I always try to write back if someone says something kind, thanks, thanks for connecting and thanks for your kind words. Just a quick acknowledgement. I, I try to do that. I'm sure there's many, many messages I've missed and it's just well only three hours in the day. I noticed that you have well over 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I can only imagine that your your messages and your message box is full. Let's talk a little bit. What has being a voice on LinkedIn and a thought leader in this space, what has that done for you professionally? I've been on LinkedIn for a while. I had someone who used to work on my team when I used to run employer brand in a, at a former company. And she said to me, you're such a great storyteller. You should be on LinkedIn. So she really pushed me to be on LinkedIn. So I'd been doing LinkedIn for a while. I'd been sort of a, a tourist or a voyeur, like you might say, on a TikTok, which I'm on, but I don't post any videos. And then I think with the pandemic, I just started to think like, why not? Let me share some of the things that I'm experiencing, especially I write a lot about working mothers and working parents in the pandemic, as you know. And I started um, writing and doing it. And it was interesting. I got two calls for job opportunities because recruiters saw two pieces I had written. And that was really interesting. I have been called to do lots of panels and keynotes, which I have a full-time job, but you know, if I can squeeze some time during the week, I do do it. And because I am fully gainfully employed and I'm very lucky, I ask that anyone who asks me to speak donates my honorarium to a nonprofit that I'm supporting, Women Rising, the city of New Jersey, and also with family members that we've lost in India to the pandemic, Oxfam India. And so that's been, people have been reaching out asking like, 
Are you interested in speaking? Would you join us for this panel? And that just leads to more opportunities to meet more people. So I would say to you, to anyone who's listening, is that you can use LinkedIn to get your next opportunity or get whatever you want to do next and to help position yourself that way. So yep. let's say you're in sales, but you really want to go into marketing. Start positioning yourself as a marketing thought leader. And so people start to think you are a marketer and you know how to do that work, which you, which you likely do because there's so many transferable skills, but people pigeonhole us. Nidak is only can only do A, B, and C. She can't do X, Y, and Z. And so I would encourage people to think about, like I do, is like I predominantly post on, you know, three different pillars, which is really diversity, equity, and inclusion. I post around a, a lot about leadership, and then I post around a lot about working parents in the pandemic. And so those are primarily the three lenses in which you'll see me post on. I'm not really going to post on like. I wouldn't really post on like, let's say golf. Uh, I, I don't know, like pick topics that I wouldn't post on. Right, right. right. You're not giving financial advice. Yeah, I'm not going to give financial advice. Exactly. Or real estate advice. <laughs> home, right? Someone else might do that. And that's great. And that's your brand. That's a great, actually. Mm-hmm. You're a real estate agent using LinkedIn. So advice about the market. Yeah. This has given you exposure for new professional opportunities Talk us through it from the lens of your actual employer. What is that conversation like? Has there been a conversation about you being a thought leader and how your employer feels? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think my employer knew I was a top voice when they hired me. So it was not that was the presence was already built. And I think for any employer out there, it makes the employer look great, especially if your employees are putting out great thought leadership. Because when I have openings on my team, it's much easier to find great talent because I'm out there posting, sharing, so people know a bit about who I am and what I represent. And so for companies and leaders who are scared that their employees are on LinkedIn, game over. Everyone should be on LinkedIn. And I remember when we were at Unilever, Part of my job was I was getting people upskilled on LinkedIn, our top 200 leaders, get your profile pick. What's your about section? Because guess what? We all need to be talent scouts. So Mita, you have a job open on your team. Yeah, talk to recruiting, but get on LinkedIn and post it. Who do you know? Who's in your network? And so I think that we, it's a war for talent and we just have to flip the script. I'm an ambassador of my company. And so that is also a great talent tool. and attraction for the company you represent. Hey guys, I wanted to take a few seconds and ask if you've purchased your tickets to Fierce Lab. You can find those at fiercelab.tarawilson.com. We will have Fierce Lab live on October 2nd in Dallas, Texas at Hotel Zaza. Again, the website is fiercelab.tarawilson.com. Now back to the show. So what are your top three tips for women who are looking to be more active and raise their profile on LinkedIn? Sure. So we talked about the first area is make sure your profile is in the best place it can be with all the different things we talked about and knowing that that is not one and done. The second is start thinking about posting one to two times a week regularly. The consistency is key. 
So if you could do it two times a week, is it a Tuesday? Is it a Thursday? I don't know. I tend to stay away from the weekends. There's not a lot of as much engagement. Although if something's really timely, you'll get a lot of engagement. But Saturday, Sundays, not so much. Holidays, not so much. Post regularly and then post for the time that works for you. Because what I would say is, is that with the pandemic, people are on these platforms all the time. So this idea that you only post from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. I posted something on a Friday, which people will say is not a good engagement day, but I just told you I was really passionate about what I learned about Rebecca Allen and I have huge engagement. So it's really about, I think that when you share something with purpose and authenticity, individuals will respond. And I think the third place is exactly what you did, Tara, find content and people that you want to follow and engage. And more than just the like, do the like, and I know it's scary, do the like, and then post a comment. And you can start with easy things like, thanks, Tara, so much. This article really hit home. And then you can actually post more and say, hey, Tara, I saw that you were talking about Mita, uh, with Mita on this podcast about elevating your LinkedIn profile. Have you read this book or have you seen this article? Then you can start to try to get a conversation going back and forth. But principally, start with those things. And if you can do it consistently for three months, and then you start to do more and more. Mm -hmm. How long have you been consistently posting on LinkedIn? So where I'm going with this is we know you are a a top voice, but I'm wondering how long it took to garner that designation. I think probably this last year I went on overdrive, but prior to that, I had been on LinkedIn for a while. Posting consistently, I don't know, twice a week, once a week. And then with the pandemic, I just had a lot more to say. We all did and a lot more observations on life and work. And so then I was just posting. So are you posting oh, daily now? I am daily, Monday to, Monday through Friday, but I don't force it. Here's the other thing too. If I go through my notes and I don't find anything I want to post about, that's fine, right? So it doesn't, I mean, I did this week, I did five days. But if I had done four days, that was enough. Like if I do three to five days, I think that's that's the sweet spot. Three days is is good. Something I just thought about. Clearly, I admire you and I like what you post and engage with your content and and follow your thought leadership and pretty much agree with the things you post. How do you handle criticism? of what you're posting and naysayers or negative feedback that you might receive in the comments. I'm just curious, do you get any and what do you do with it when you get it? I find that LinkedIn is a kinder community, which is predominantly why I'm not on his Twitter as much. That's just my own perception. It could be a bias. I would say that, um, Tara, you and I have talked about this. What we have lost, I feel like in our country is the ability to disagree and still keep loving each other. And so for me, disagreement's important. And if people disagree with me, which they do, I don't take it personally. And maybe I learn something or a different perspective. What I won't tolerate is hate speech and racial, racial slurs, which sometimes happens on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's pretty good about it. They remove it pretty quickly. And I actually leave it up because I want people to see it. Right. I want people to see what was what was posted, which is shouldn't have been posted. I think that's how I delineate. 
I am all for conversation and disagreement. And my view is my view. And, and like you had just said earlier, it might be right for me, not might not be right for others. And I might learn something and expand my view. So I am okay with that. I think yeah. that's the key. And for me, in what you said is that hearing someone else's side of of the equation, getting their opinion, there is the potential f- to learn. And you don't necessarily have to agree with their side, but hearing it allows you to see what they and hear what they think and decide if you want to internalize that or not. And the fact that you don't take it personally, that was also a good point. I can't take it personally because I'm trying to learn and expand my worldview. What I will take personally is hate speech. What I will take personally is someone slamming my kids. I mean, those are things that are hard on human, but I won't take other things personally. If you didn't like my post this morning, that's fine. You can scroll on by and make a comment. And that that's I'm okay with that. There are probably, in my time doing LinkedIn, probably only three people I have blocked where I felt like it was borderline hate speech. That's how I felt. And I felt unsafe. Yeah. And you know what? It's your page. It's your space. And that's your right to say, you know what? It's just like our... I'll be scrolling through and I'll see some things and I'm like, you know, I just I just don't like what this person continually posts. Th- their comments that show up in my feed set my day in a different direction than I wanted it to go. I have a choice. I can choose to let them in or not. And so it's usually like, okay, I'm just going to unfollow their comments, you know, and that's my choice. And, you know, they don't get notified. Tara Wilson stopped following you, <laughs> you know, so... You have to do what's best for you and your mental health. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why LinkedIn, say, over traditional blogging or writing articles for, because I know you do this now, right? You write for Entrepreneur Magazine and you've been featured in Inc. Magazine and you write for Fairy God Boss. So why on LinkedIn versus Mita set up her own blog? You could do that. I think it depends on where you are in your career. If you own a business like you do, if you are interested in getting into coaching or pivoting and you want to start your own website, I think those are all things that we should talk about and consider. For women, my advice is, is that we all need to be thinking about building our personal brand and our leadership brands. And LinkedIn is a great way to do that. It's a great platform. If It's a continuum, right? You might do LinkedIn, and then you might say, I want to start a blog, or you might say, I want to have a personal website because I'm going to be available to do speaking engagements and coaching. I think LinkedIn is a great place to start and a great way to build visibility for yourself. And I really want anyone listening to just get on LinkedIn today and start, (laughs) just start somewhere. Well, and it's like there's this built-in network that you can easily immerse yourself in and start to navigate. It's kind of like, You go to college, and so you have 20,000 other students that you can start to network with and become friends with, right? And it's sort of the same thing on LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to start building those relationships and those connections. And before long, you have a community who have like-minded thoughts and interests and a desire, hopefully, to connect and help grow and scale whatever it is that you interest you. Absolutely. And it is the new digital resume. It is. And so whether you have a job you love now, or you've been let go, or you're looking to pivot and transition, 
LinkedIn is the place to start because you are going to make these connections and meet people. Anytime a friend calls me and says, Mita, I'm looking at X company. What's your advice? Immediately on the phone, I get on LinkedIn and I start looking up who do I know that I can connect them to so that they can get a better sense of the role and get a better sense of, is this the company for them? Mm -hmm. I've had some women talk about, oh, well, you know, I have some gaps in my resume, right? I took some years off to raise my kids prior to them going off to kindergarten. And so I'm real reluctant to set up a LinkedIn profile because that gap will show up. Do you have any tips around how to mitigate those concerns and ways that women can enhance their profile around those gaps and and speak to it and feel more comfortable being on the platform if that's a concern? That's a great question. And I love what LinkedIn did recently. They have now an option to say you're a stay-at-home parent. And so you can add that to your profile. And so the bias we know is, is that the research shows that if I have had a gap in my career, and for most women statistically, it will be about caregiving, which is why they've taken that gap. And it's not just children, it's also elder care and taking care of somebody else. When a recruiter will see that, I will have much less likelihood of getting called back, called for an interview, 45% less of a chance than, let's say, you who has not taken a career gap. Just isn't. And so, how can I mitigate that? I can build an incredible profile. I can be open and honest about what I was doing in that time. And I've seen uh, many working moms in particular put really interesting things about when they were taking that time off, like all the skills they built in terms of multitasking and the things that they were doing in, in leading their home. And then back to the content sharing. If people have a bias and say, well, Mita took years off, she's really not a marketer. Oh, wow. Look at her profile and look at all the thoughts she has on existing marketing. She'd be a really great candidate for this role. You've suddenly shown them that just because you took time off doesn't mean my expertise disappeared, my qualifications disappeared. I am still an incredibly valuable asset. And so that's even why, even, even why more, why it's so important that LinkedIn can be an, an ally for you. Yes. Yes. And I would add to that, think about if you did volunteer work during that time, served on boards and committees and those sorts of things, because I know lots of women who've taken a gap in their career, but they haven't stopped. They're still doing plenty within their community. And so my advice is always to make sure that those things are still in your profile because you have that ability to include that. I love that, Tara. Like if you volunteer to your church, a nonprofit board at the school, I am so thankful to so many of the moms in my community and my class who are at the moment taking care of their children at home and are helping so much with the classroom and organizing things and helping. So that is a huge skill set that an employer would be like, wow, yes. Yeah. So don't shy away from it. And I'm glad you brought up that that now LinkedIn allows for you to share that caregiving. It is a I guess, kind of like a drop-down menu selection item that you can put in your profile. The other thing that they did that I love is give you the ability to pronounce your name. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. I use it often. I have to update mine, but I use it often. Mm -hmm. And and knowing how to pronounce other people's names, or do you also experience where people don't know how to pronounce your name? 
Well, people don't know how to pronounce my name. I've been plagued by that my whole life and that's okay. I have a lot of grace and forgiveness. Something I did write about recently. I don't have, I have very little tolerance when people misspell my name in writing because if you've written to me and you see my email or you see my profile or that to me boggles my mind, I have a lot of grace and patience for people getting my name pronunciation, right? And I use the tool a lot if I'm about to meet with someone and, or someone reached out and I just go on their profile. And so if they have, they've recorded it, it's super helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I said to you one time, cause you were writing on this subject about people mispronouncing names. And I believe my comment on that particular article was that I heard one time a man say, my name is the only thing I own. Get it right. And it's so true. You know, it's, it's the only thing that truly belongs to you and often no no one else. So yeah, everyone owns, everyone is owed the basic respect and dignity of having your name pronounced correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's been the most surprising thing that you've learned in the process of building community and being a thought leader on LinkedIn? I think the most surprising thing has been some of the things that I just post and bear my soul or I'm super authentic about are the things that get really great resounding response versus the things that I think people want to hear. So when that flipped for me, just to be like, show up as myself and show up about the things that are on my mind. And some days, some things don't resonate and that's okay. And so that's, I just have that lens now. Right. I think before I'd be like, I'm going to find a really smart ink article to post and summarize something really smart or a Harvard Business Review article. And sometimes it's a quote. I mean, I give people this advice. If you're just trying to start on LinkedIn and worried about what to share, post a quote and a little story about why the quote's important to you. Ask a question about something to get other people to engage. I love that. Showing up as your authentic self tends to be the most impactful than when you're contributing in a way that you think this is what people want to hear. They really want to know you. And I think that's what we all struggle with mm -hmm. in social media. You think about Instagram and these perfectly curated lives we're creating for ourselves when you don't know the pain people are going through during this time behind the screen. You just don't know the amount of grief and loss we've all been through. And so I think when you're just a bit human and you're vulnerable, especially I think for me on my struggle of continuing to work and wanting to work and make impact and wondering if I'm doing the right thing for my children and am I unknowingly damaging them by continuing to work while we have everything going on in our country. Um, and globally with this pandemic. And so when I share those things, I also know I'm not alone. Like other people are going through those things and there's some healing. I feel like with my life experiences, when I share something, I get a piece of myself back, if that makes sense. For the things that have happened in my life, when I may have like had pieces of me chipped away, which has happened to all of us, all of a sudden I get those pieces back when I share and someone else is like, you know what? That's happened to me too. And I can relate. And I'm not alone. Exactly. That is so much for me what Fierce Lab has been about is letting women know you're not alone, that 
we can come together and we can try new things and we can work to figure stuff out because the truth is none of us have it figured out. And so when you feel like you're not in it by yourself, that's when you feel like, okay, I can do this. You know, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. And there's so much power in community. Yes. Well, Mita, before I let you go, you are aware that the closing question that I love to ask all guests is what the word fierce means to them. So for you, what does that word mean? I think now at this point in my life, the word means to me, be unapologetically me. I don't think that would have been my response a few years ago. And I think so many of our stories have been rewritten in these last four, 14 months. Our stories are constantly being rewritten, but there's a lot, I think, that we've all learned in these last 14 months. And so that's part of also why I think people follow and enjoy my content because I'm just going to be me. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You can scroll on by. Right. Right. I love that. And you're right. I do think that is being fierce to be unapologetically you. Thank you for sharing your insights today on how you can elevate your LinkedIn platform, build community, and become a thought leader on that on this particular social network. Really great tips. Thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. Please follow me on LinkedIn. And to anyone who's starting on LinkedIn and has their first post and is scared, please message me. I'll go like and comment. <laughs> I love it. And <laughs> together, so, let's do this together. Tara and I will both do it. Exactly. Let's do so let's make sure they know you are Mita Malik on LinkedIn. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fierce Lab. If you did, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe and maybe share it with a friend. You can always follow us on Instagram at Fierce Lab.